0: HG World presents The Gougies, Chapter 10.
1: Mickey! What's the plan when we get them loose?
2: Get him out of the building. Clear a pathbot to the main building. Hound out loose spare weapons and keep killing dead things till all are
1: You got that, boys? The man knows his shit. Pumpkin it. Four o'clock. Peters, you left. Fucker. in!
2: Oh, for Christ's sakes. You fucking mind. We're fighting eaters over here. Peters, rest of you all. Check in. Holy fuck, Peters, is that you all over you?
1: No, no, I think it's Pumpkin's face. Yeah, damn it. Where's the rest of them? Bugged out, McGinnis. They're running right into a pack of them down near John the Baptist's paddle boats. Stop running, you idiots! Never mind them. Head for that pirate
2: ship. We're gonna get cut off.
1: I'll race you, old man. We took off toward this swinging pirate ship ride with a bunch of rotters spilling out of the fake olive trees after us. I look off to my right because I caught a glimpse of a white lab coat, right? And, and what do I see but Dr. Hawkins walking out in the open across a yard full of eaters and not a goddamn one of them noticed him. Neither did he, he was in such a fucking hurry. I actually stopped in my tracks to make sure I wasn't still screwed up in the head. And I almost missed a fat guy in a clown suit sneaking up at me. Ah!
2: Peters, what's wrong?
1: Uh, I don't know. What the hell's over that way? (sighs) Something that is in Parrax B. Would you come on? I wasn't going to leave McGinnis behind alone. I think we both knew with just the weapons we had on our back, we might be able to help, I don't know, four or five people. Tops. The smell of burning wood and plastic was already heavy in the air. I didn't notice it at the time, but that smell sticks with you. Hawkins disappeared behind six new eaters approaching from that side of the park. It's one of those moments you don't remember making a decision, you just do. This way.
2: Almost there mate
1: What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this place?
2: Welcome about the flagship of the Crusades ride Please keep your arms and legs inside the boat through the entire ride
1: It's a control booth? What the fuck? We're in a second-floor fucking outhouse.
2: Right. All these control booths have phones.
1: Sweet. You can order us a pizza while we're waiting to get blown up or eaten.
2: Here we go. Internal power is on. Dial tone. Dialing pound 33 for the main building. And Grant. What's your status, mate? We lost everybody but Peters. He and I are putting down how many men. But all. Well, what did they do? Just step into the sun and walk into gunfire? Jesus made a toast, that's... Well the good news is stopped after killing everybody.
1: Holy shit, McGuinness. That's more eaters than I ever saw in one place. Where the fuck were they keeping them? Right... Well, I've got one of my brilliant Hannibal
2: Smith plans. Hannibal Smith, from the A-team, you American get. It's your own bloody television program, isn't it?
1: Aye. For fuck's sake, tell him I saw Hawkins in the yard by himself with a backpack heading northeast, I think, away from the gunfire, near the paddleboat dock. Yeah, that grant me.
2: I don't know what he's talking about, but if he's supposed to be sitting up with Dr. Vesta, you better make bloody sure that's what he's doing. And now uh, call in the bloody rendezvous, would you?
1: So what's the plan? you going to talk these eaters into committing suicide?
2: No. I'm going to break out this plexiglass window, hop over the queue across the ride, and out the other side where there's no eaters. See that door over there? That's an access
1: way to the underground tunnels that are of. That- so, it's so a rendezvous 69 or whatever. You had the rest of your team hiding off somewhere until you needed the cavalry to ride in.
2: Smart lad, yeah. Now that they've wasted most of the rockets, our team can just spoken up. blood.
1: Yeah, help. <laughs> Let's get the <laughs> fucking <laughs> of here, eh? Screw on this, bitch.
2: <laughs> oh, this is gonna hurt.
1: How In the old passageway, I was able to pick up a tourist map of the place. In the emergency lighting, I could barely make things out, but I had a general idea how the park was laid out. One of the unlabeled buildings on the map looked like where Hawkins had been heading. The map on the wall in the tunnel helped me even more. One of the arrows directed me to the motor pool. I remember how Hawk asked the cute Indian girl about it. Put two and two together, and... Sorry, Mickey. I gotta head out from here. Time's running out. If you're stuck here, one of us has got to get to the resort.
2: Aye, we'll lost contact with Joe as soon as we got to the sky ride in here. Sarge lost sight of our heading northeast. No worries, mate. We'll meet you. There, or in hell. Okay?
1: I'm taking the guns.
2: Fuck yeah, yeah. Go fight your freak show. Good on you, and God bless.
1: Her from Little Mouse hiding in the shadows. Remember how I said I saw Hawkins wandering across the yard? Well, I wasn't hallucinating. I thought I was until I got to the motor pool. But as we were hanging out at the Pirates of the Afterlife ride, Dr. Vesta was on her own weird little trip.
3: I really do love this room, Dr. Vesta. It's so confused its religious imagery. Look up and there's a bad replica of a da Vinci mural. There's Muppets at the Last Supper. Who knew it would be Fozzie who betrayed Kermit the Christ? The Mormon Tabernacle? And I guess that's the Fortress of Solitude on that wall.
4: Where are the beds? What? This is supposed to be triage, right?
3: Yes but we have no beds.
4: What about the infirmary?
3: Yes, there are beds there, but we'll bring them all here first so they can look upon this 10-karat gold monstrosity hanging overhead. We have yoga mats stored behind the gift shop counter. Barbara is bringing up some medical supplies. I've seen some whacked-out images of the Savior, but an 18-foot golden statue of Iggy Pop nailed to a telephone pole? That's a frightened Christian's fever dream if I ever saw one.
4: Dr. Van Hawkins, are you alright?
3: I don't know if this was intended, but that statue there is supposed to be the Reverend Slim Shimmer. I thought it was Buffalo Bob at first. But there he is, all rodeoed up in his sequined cowboy suit carrying... What, is that the Holy Grail, you think? Maybe he's smiling and drinking the blood of Christ dripping from the Golden Savior's wounds. Maybe. Maybe this golden Jesus just bleeds gold and old Slim here is just collecting it. I wonder what the kiddies thought when they saw it. There's Slim's life story across the wall, like stations of the cross. Except the Gospels didn't include divorce and emerging from everything.
4: Enough. Why are we in here? This is clearly not a medical bay.
3: I want you to take this
4: a USB drive.
3: It contains all the research I've collected and everything I could capture from Dr. Logan's work. Plus some of my own side projects.
4: why are you giving this to me?
3: Because I'm leaving. I knew about this place longer than you did. And I might have been in denial. But I thought the research might help. But it's become clear that we're not here for the same reason we started. And we need to destroy everything.
4: Wait were you just going to walk out of here? Or did you know this attack was coming?
3: We've been working with outside groups for a while. We provided medical attention in exchange for supplies, and fresh test subjects that matched the Guji's specifications. When I heard you were coming, I knew it would be good for them to come in, destroy the lab.
4: And leave bodies behind as evidence. It's
3: quite amazing how much progress can be made when you're able to turn off your sense of moral obligation. Same thing happened to Dr. Logan he tried to domesticate a few. Fortunately, the eaters got to him before we got to him with our torches and pitchforks.
4: I've seen so much of this that I won't feign outrage or surprise, Doctor. Good.
3: Then that keeps the melodrama to a minimum. You do see the value in keeping the research. Maybe someone someday will be able to pick it up and keep going.
4: Perhaps I will.
3: You need to get out of there, too. Those are not good men to be around. You should see the way they looked at Barbara last time we had wounded in here. She won't even go near them to help them die.
4: We're not leaving again. We brought a dozen children to your doorstep for safety, and you'd put them through this horror again. For what?
3: There are 100 children and teenagers here in the bunker. 50 good men and women, minus the ones on their way here to see giant gold Jesus here. We've got supplies and equipment to last maybe the winter. After that... The Guji's will come for them. You heard Ken Peters. He's right. Once their supply of bodies and hosts runs out, they have a map to every one of our research centers. Best these kids die here or join those things out there than that fate.
4: You impress me with your lack of conscience and your ability to provoke me to violence.
3: I'm impressed you waited this long to do that. It's not about me, though. Guji's. It's one of those cultural coincidences. General Order 1, Genetics, Inoculation, and Eugenics. Do you know the great poet Silverstein? Dark children's poet. Maybe a dark poet for everyone. But he's now something of a prophet. Dr. Hawkins, what is the meaning of this? Hello, Barbara. I was just turning the keys over to Dr. Vesta here. I don't guess you'll believe she's on the ground praying right now. Would you? Are you alright, Dr. Vesta?
4: Yes... Mm, You may want to keep back one of Dr. Van Hogan's most convincing arguments are on the end of his arms.
3: I won't hit you again, Doctor. I'm actually a little ashamed I did it at all. But I must be going now. I'll try to atone for this sin by saving ten lives. No, maybe five. I don't want to be too ambitious. Where are you going? See the world, continue my work. You're welcome to come with me, of course. I have a ride waiting in the garage. What about everyone else? That's General McKinnis's job now. If you think he can save you from the bad men at the fences, then you're welcome to stay here. As the kids say today, I'm out. Let me help you, Doctor.
4: Uh, my work is here with the children, and and General McKinnis. This is our best hope for survival. No. Oh. I twisted my ankle when I fell. I'll follow along. Go tell McInnes these men are not going to stop at the fences. Everyone here is in danger. I will. There's an IT stand at the doorway. It will help you. Take it slow. Of course. Give me a moment. Ah, oh, bloody hell. <clears throat> Oh, my grandchildren are going to feel that hit. (sighs) Couldn't bring the stand over here, could you? Of course not.
0: Okay, I've had enough of this. Playtime's over, kids.
2: What's with the white
0: flag? You're surrendering? Shut your hole, jackass. It's a sign of truce, not surrender. Watch and learn. Look up there. Where? See? There's the parachute, landing perfectly. I love this part. What is that? Ring, ring, ring. Telephone from God. It should be ringing right now. See them? They don't know what to make of it. Why would they shoot a ringing telephone at us? Excellent question you low sloping four-headed bastards. Now answer the goddamn phone. There you go. It's not going to blow up. I'm waiting for you to pick up the phone. Ring ring. That's it. Hello, good sir. This is your opposition commander. How are you this fine fall day? Ah, No small talk. Good. I hate that spit. Listen, my name is Major Aloysius Grant of the United States Army. And as a courtesy, I am informing you that your troops are pointed in the wrong direction. If you had clue number one about military tactics, you'd be prepared for something called a flanking maneuver. Now, I realize you boys might associate that with some sordid solo nocturnal activity, but it's really a snazzy little operation. Hold, please. Is the PA system working now? Yep, here's the microphone, Patton. Are you still there, Mutton chops? Please tell me you speak English. You're not some post-apocalyptic mutant who talks in grunts and farts, are you? Oh, that's not very nice of you. Let me talk to your boss then, mouth breather. I got no time for a punks. Oh, you are the boss. Yes, I see that now by the way you thump your chest. I take it that means I do not have your surrender? Wow, that's unfortunate. One moment. Sergeant Wake? Yes, Major. Good to hear your voice, darling. Your target has been painted. Light him up, please.
4: Roger that, Major.
0: Okay, I get your eloquent point, good sir. No, Dr. Hawkins isn't here. Why? Oh, really? That's interesting. I'm pretty sure one of your rockets took him out, so I'm sorry to say the deal's off. Oh, and here's the part where you become a cautionary tale. Ran out. Sometimes when these things go off, the feedback is deafening. Best put the phone down. What's that? One of Great Britain's best contributions to the war effort. That's 10 pounds of explosive on a homing signal hidden inside that phone. Long story about it, but the short version is... That. Turn on the PA, would you? Nice shot, Sergeant. Please have placements 2 through 9 ready on my mark. Major Grant here. I seem to have blown up your commanding officer. Listen, I know you're down to about 10% of your ranged weapons, so I want to take this opportunity to mark this occasion by offering you a chance to surrender. Mark. Hey, that was good. And I want to introduce you to the rest of our family, incoming courtesy of the United Nations Necroambulate Disposal Detail, the finest zombie-killing unit on the planet. I trust I made my point. Now, you've got an army of munchers on one side, and your worst nightmare on the other. Your commander didn't want a deal. Many of you boys want to be more reasonable? Drop your rods and line up in front of the gates with your hands planted on your heads. I will not repeat this offer. Grant out. Once again, scalpel sharp work, Sergeant Wake.
1: Thank you, sir. I'll tell the men to begin phase two.
0: Roger, roger. Grant out. You know, Grant... What's that? I think I'm in love with you. Of course you are, Sunshine. Aren't we all? Hey, boss. What news of Barracks B?
2: I'm slipping. We got her too late. B and C burned to the ground. No idea how many survivors. Lost my whole squad this time. Ken too?
4: Aye. Ken is gone?
2: Dr. Resta, are you alright?
4: I'm fine. Barbara told you about Dr. Van Hawkins.
2: Haven't seen her. What about Dr. Hawkins?
3: can. Come on. You know, I've appreciated your help. You've helped save a lot of lives in this place. I'm sorry to see it go. Why are you leaving, then? These new friends could help us. When you were young, remember those feelings you had, thinking there was someone under the bed, hiding in your closet, maybe peeping into your window, waiting for you to go to sleep? What are you talking about? That's what I am, Barbara. I'm the boogeyman. I'm the one that watches, plans, and waits for little children to go to sleep and let the monsters come. Then I play with knives and chemicals, all for the gooies. You know the poem? He called them goo gees. No need to split hairs. Come along and I'll sing it to you. The googies are coming, the old people say to bite little children and take them away. We have to cross the yard to get to the motor pool. It's dangerous out there. For you? Come along. 50 cents for fat ones, 20 cents for lean ones, 15 cents for dirty ones, 30 cents for clean ones, a nickel each for mean ones. Doctor, what are you doing? Bill, oh my god. The Gucci's are coming and maybe tonight the pine little children and lock them up tight. Blah, 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 porky ones, dorky ones, sassy ones, brassy ones. I forgot the middle part. Oh, join me Barbara. No? Oh well. Better close that door then. Bye bye But just between yourself and I They never buy the bad ones
1: Well done Where are you off to, Doc? Mr. Peters Are you alone? One is never alone with a Smith and Wesson I thought I saw you dancing across the compound
3: I thought you were prepping for incoming Nope I'm preparing for an outgoing Would you care to join me? You're pretty good in a fight and I could use someone like you Come
1: on. Take a look around. You know what's about to happen. What they're up against. They need
3: a good doctor like you. And you're turning your back on them. Your ability to quote from the Book of Lucas does not persuade me, young Jedi. You can shoot me and I'll be of no use to anyone. Or you can let me get the heck out of Dodge. This battle's over. You need to take it to the Hive, my friend. Jojovich is on her way there now, and they're waiting for her. But it's you they fear. They seem to know that you're the one destined to take them down. Who? I happen to have a little insight into how these things think. I knew all this would happen. Sort of. Just as they know what will be. It's all part of being part of the Gucci's family, I guess. What the hell are you babbling about? Seriously, I wish one of you freaks would talk plain
1: every so often... Your dungeon master bullshit doesn't mean anything.
3: You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm crazy. Sometimes I see the future. So does Joe. So do the eaters. The difference is that we know it to be the future. To them, time is a muddle of feelings and stuff. But here's the fun part. Three, two, one... What? That would be Barbara. She's so desperate to get out of here that she's running a gauntlet of eaters to get here. So now you have a choice. Fuck you, Doc.
1: Hey, rock bags! Over
5: here. <sighs>
3: it's easy to predict the actions of a good man. Good thing for the human race. Ken Peters is not entirely a good man.
1: And something like that was a natural choice. Five minutes, ten bullets, and one pretty Indian girl rescued. She held her own, too. If she weren't so damned limber and quick, I would have just found the puddle of sorpetal. By the time we got back to the motor pool, Hawk was gone. The garage opened up onto an access road hidden in the woods. If Hawk had been a real bastard, he could have just let the pirates in that way and been done with it but it was his escape route all along. There were three other trucks left among the broken-down golf carts and riding mowers. I got to work checking under the hood, looking for maintenance logs. I didn't want to get stuck in a truck that was on the work log for a slipping transmission. I didn't notice the pile of bags Barbara had been pulling together in the center of the garage until she caught my attention. Take me with you, please. First, pointing the gun at me makes saying please unnecessary. Second, this place is safer than where I'm going. You're going to the main camp, are you not? Yep. Walking, talking, thinking eaters. I don't care. I know the immediate area and where Hawkins left supplies. Please. I don't want to be here when the pirates get here. You'd leave everyone behind, wouldn't you? Isn't that what you're doing? Ha. <sighs> uh, fair point. But I'm running to something. Maybe I can stop this from getting worse. Of course. I have a laptop full of research. I think if we go to the main laboratory, we may be able to do something about all this. Seriously? You seem more interested in getting away from the big bad guys out here. There may not even be a lab. I believe they're still working. They have to be, with all the data we have been receiving and all the material they have been sending. Please, let me help. She was a pretty little mouse. I guess I needed something pretty nearby after all that ugly. Balamani Sarasvati. From a small town somewhere in India. Tiny thing. (laughs) The backpack she carried was full of medical supplies she thought were going to the infirmary. At some point, I used my camcorder to record a little goodbye to everybody and left it in the garage. Barbara and I took the VIP Jeep Cherokee and headed out. And that's all I know about the Slim Shimmer Park incident anyway. I felt bad leaving them, but history paints a pretty picture of all them folks. Well, the folks that deserved it anyways. But I never understood how Dr. Hawkins was able to walk through the eaters without being an eater. Even one of the more intelligent ones. He had a pulse and was healthy. It never mattered if you were just infected. If you had fresh meat and a beaten heart, they'd keep eating you till your heart stopped and the process took over. And then there was the road. I knew Joe had gone on to Markway. She was loyal to McGinnis and crew, but married to the resort. I wouldn't see her again until she wanted me to. That's how our relationship worked, after all. Mark, you've been staring at my pee bag for a while now. I'm too tired to bend down, but I reckon it's two parts piss and one part blood by now. You don't want to know what I'm sitting in. Time's almost up. And I think this is the last lucid moment I'll have. At least I hope so. It's hard keeping up my air of awesome. Sitting here in my own bleed out. Should I get the doctor? He knows. (sighs) He gave me a pat on the head. Here. Do me a favor and push that red button on my IV stand. Yeah. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Now the part you've been waiting for. How I Kenneth Herbie Peters took on the living dead and kicked their puffy white heads in. <laughs> you ready, Freddy? Are you sure you're okay? Christ, you are not helping my momentum. Stop being my nurse. You're not qualified.
5: Be a writer. Got it. Go. I'm working. Sorry, Mark. Mr. Brooks needs needs to in your piece. The major provider is bidding on exclusive rights for the final interview. They need it in time for memorial. Jesus. I still have the Battle of Slim Shimmer to do. And then the coda. Tell Mr. Brooks, tell him it'll be ready when I say it's ready. Really? Ken Peter's story will be fucking ready when it's fucking ready. I Just right. go away. Access United Nations Archive Disc, The Battle of the Mockway Resort. The Guji's Chapter 10 starred James Baxter as Ken and Brian Lincoln as Mark. Featuring Ayub Cody as McKinnis Michael L. Stokes as Grant, Laura Nicole as Dr. Vesta, and Ron Rumberg as Ying, featuring Orenthal Hawkins as Dr. Van Hawkins, and Julie Hoverson as Barbara, with Chris Clendenning as an intern, and Kim Giannopoulos as Wake. The episode was written by Jay Smith, show running and editing by Brian Lincoln, Sound effects, sound design, mixing, and mastering by Michael L. Stokes. Musical direction by Michael L. Stokes. Featuring original music by Michael L. Stokes and Kevin McLeod. Used courtesy of the Creative Commons license. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. With content used with permission under the Creative Commons license. For more information on this production, visit us at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com or join our Facebook page or follow Todd Rage on Twitter at HG underscore world.